Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, Monday. It is April 11th. Just to give you a heads up, you've got one week to get your taxes in. They're due one week from today on April 18th. Just thought I'd give you a little heads up. If you haven't done it, taxes are due April 18th, or you need to file an extension. So uh, that's coming up here real soon. Hey, over the weekend, Twitter made the news again. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a few moments. Before we do, though, let me just remind you that, uh, hey, when it comes to your portfolio, there's uh, some things we just can't control. We can't control what's happening in the in the world around us. We can't control the economy or the markets. But you can control how much risk you have in your current portfolio. That's why we developed the core retirement design. Give us a call. Let us walk you through our core retirement design. Help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. The number to call is 863-382-0037. With that, we got Dave coming up next. Good morning. It's 841 now, 19 before 9. I'm going to check in and see how your IRA and 401k are doing on Wall Street this morning. As always, here's the resources of a true pro, Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, good morning. How was your weekend? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well today. The weekend was good. You know, I still spent quite a bit of time here at the office trying to get things uh, finished up so I don't have to work uh, Easter weekend. So, uh, but, uh, but other than that, it, it went pretty well. That's right. Tax season approaches rapidly, and you guys that handle money are in kind of busy season right now, aren't you? Oh, yeah, because we still do a few tax returns here and there, so uh, just trying to finish up some of those things. Understood. Setting the table for the morning, if you looked at the Dow on Friday, you were probably pretty happy. If you looked at the S&P and the NASDAQ, you went, oh, shucks. Dow was up by about four-tenths of a percent, up 138 points on Friday. But the NASDAQ was uh, down 186 points. That's over 1.3%, and the S&P was down about a quarter of a percent. We've got kind of a mixed vote going on right now as far as which direction the market should be going, don't we? Yeah, we do. And let's just kind of recalibrate, too, because for the week, you know, on Mondays, it's kind of nice because we can look back at the whole week. So mm-hmm. everything was red last week, right? The, the Dow was down about a third of a percent. NASDAQ was down, man, it was getting close to 4%. It was like 3.8, almost 3.9%. And then the S&P 500 down a little over one and a quarter percent. Actually, the NASDAQ for the 12 months is down almost 1% right now. That, that yeah. ain't good news. And that's not really a big surprise because the overriding news mood that we get on our tickers and our tip sheets is all talking about how a recession is borderline inevitable. And the real disagreement between all the columnists and pundits is whether it's going to be next year or this year before it happens. NASDAQ being more interest sensitive, the growth stocks on NASDAQ generally are going to be the leading indicator as to the direction the economy is heading, wouldn't they? Uh, that, that's true. Uh, it would be. And so we, um, you know, the other thing I've been looking at is, you know, we talk about interest rates a lot last week and uh, and the 10 years now up to two and three quarters percent. So that's a that's kind of a big jump. I, I think uh, I'm not exactly 100 percent sure, but that's pretty close to the highs we've seen this year. 
It's pretty doggone close if it's not already there. One of my columnists was doing a little bit of math because obviously the mortgage rates tend to follow those bond yields. That's the whole point to raising interest rates, to raise everybody's interest rates. That includes mortgages. Uh, a few months ago when 3.5% was not an uncommon 30-year mortgage, a $300,000 home was $1,347 a month. Now you get up to 5% mortgage rates, and you're looking at 263 more dollars on a $300,000 home. Now, by Highlands County standards, a $300,000 home is a pretty healthy-sized home, but still everything scales. You start adding two, $300 more onto a prospective home buyer's bill, and eventually, it hasn't happened yet from what my realtor friends are telling me, but eventually you're going to assume that home prices are going to level off off of that. I believe that you're right there when it comes to that. And I just pulled up my inversion chart here, and we do have the five-year inverted against both the 10 and the 30-year right now. Um, so uh, still fighting some of that inversion stuff. Yeah, I do see that. I hadn't gotten down to the bond rate yet this morning. It's something we've been watching and talking about for weeks, and it hasn't seemed to affect the buyers in the uh, stock market all that much yet. But when it continues like that for weeks on end, eventually it's going to catch somebody's notice. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. I went grocery shopping over the weekend, and as usual, my uh, favorite grocery department was slap out of cat food. That made this catch my eye of the process. Uh, Costco and Walmart are both bumping their nose on all-time highs on stock, and one of, this co- one of the columnists was saying that that's a function of consumer expectations for inflation. Folks are buying in quantity and stocking up, anticipating that everything's going to cost more. So instead of buying a one-week supply of something like <clears throat> cat food, they're buying a three-month supply because they figure the price is going to be up from there. That seems to be a macro trend we're going to start seeing grow in the near future. I think so. I mean, we're already seeing inflation and, uh, you know, we talk about inflation, what's happening over in Europe, and that could easily come over here. And so, uh, yeah, I can see people doing that, which is going to put a run on some of the grocery stuff. Absolutely. You had a tidbit last week. I remember one of the uh, one of the European Union nations, I think it was Germany, announced like a 20 percent across the board increase in food prices all at once, which kind of one of those things that makes everybody sit up and take notice. Yeah, and 20% was going to be the low number, anywhere between 20 and 50% on that Monday. I think it was last Monday. Uh, just all of a sudden, they were just raising everything 20 to 50%. I mean, can you imagine walking into the grocery store and all of a sudden you're paying 20 to 50% more for the same thing you bought last week? <laughs> yeah, I did. I filled up my gas tank recently. <laughs> Although I will one of the gas stations is down under $4 a gallon, and I felt like I found a bargain prices, so I topped off yesterday. Yeah, I think we're going to, based on oil prices today, I think we'll continue to see that be a trend. Uh, we'll take that happily. Other tidbits out. It's a Monday, so in consequence, we haven't got a whole heck of a lot of macro news. And earnings season doesn't really start in earnest until the middle part of the week. So we're catching folks up on news items that came out over the weekend. Elon Musk spent the weekend talking about could Twitter be dying because all the big names on Twitter either aren't posting anymore or like doing one post every six months. And he was thinking that Twitter was going to die. That's from the guy that just bought 9.5% of the company. Well, the announcement came through. He he wasn't going to put himself on the board after that little revelation, I gather. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, that was kind of one of the headlines is that uh, he announced that he he no longer would seek a board seat. And so uh, that's uh, got Twitter heading the other direction today, down 2%, almost 2.2% this morning. 
geez, Elon should have waited a couple of weeks, said all that, and then bought the Twitter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to believe that some of that was one of those buy low, sell high propositions for him. He was looking at it as a serious investment outside of the fact that uh, he could make some serious money off of it if, if, if the stock goes up after he buys it. Oh, that's true. I mean, I always, I mean, when you buy like that, you're buying because you think you're going to make some money. There's no other reason really to buy. Absolutely. Other economic news from around the world. You found a tidbit that uh, China had an issue with inflation. That kind of surprised they, me a little bit. They did. I, I can't put my hand. I saw I read it earlier this morning. And I can't put my hands back on the article. But uh, yeah, it was like they expected their their CPI, the consumer price index to be up. I'm sorry, it's a PPI producer price index to be up like seven point something percent end up being on the low eight. So it was a miss from that standpoint. So and uh, yeah, so we'll continue to watch and see what they do with that. And in a command and control economy, I was joking before we went on the air, well, that's easy to fix. The government just needs to say, people, we are not allowing inflation here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, but, you know, they're battling some other stuff over there that's going to affect us. And they've got another uh, another uh, dash of COVID, a different strand that's really got them uh, hunkered down, which is going to affect our supply chain again. Didn't I read that they'd shut down the entire city of Shanghai? Uh, I think so. And and I, I think it's not the only city. I think there's other cities um, that um, that are. And uh, yeah, this lockdown drags on. So that's not a good thing. That zero tolerance practice that China has instituted, uh, every once in a while, the folks that are control freaks around here look at them and say, see, they're doing it right. But doggone it all, shutting down a city with a better part of a billion people. And it is just kind of a scary thought. I saw a picture, and I think it was Shanghai, uh, just absolutely deserted streets in the middle of a city of millions of people in it. You kind of sit up and take notice and say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just keep plugging away the way we're going here. Uh, kind of of the same mind there. Other international news out there. The uh, the FTSE, the big index for the uh, London exchange, is off a little bit this morning. Uh, the United Kingdom had a slower than expected economic growth rate, so tightening money supplies in the European community are starting to level things off for the European nations, and that's kind of a harbinger of what we're going to see as our Fed starts increasing interest rates and selling those bonds, I'd wager. Yeah, it will be. You know, those are things that... Um we'll continue to have to keep an eye on. And, and, you know, we're in that period right now that earnings are going to be important this quarter. It, it's going to really kind of set the tone for what's going to happen in the marketplace, as well as mortgage rates and, and home buying. Those things are things that I'm really keeping my eye on because I believe that those are going to give us some information that's going to tell us what's going to happen the rest of this year. I got to believe, given the uh, forecast for what's likely to happen with the economy over the next somewhere between six and 24 months, that's about what the range is from the predictions. This is going to be one of those earnings seasons that even if you make all the numbers, if your guidance isn't flawless, we're going to be reading those guidance reports real carefully when earnings season begins. I believe so, because it's going to be what's going to happen between now and the end of the year. You know, what do companies believe that they're going to be able to accomplish and if it's not within what they've told us before and they start backing off of those numbers, um, yeah, that's going to hurt their stock price and it's going to hurt the, the market as a whole. 
Yeah, and I'm not looking forward to reading some of the more negative guidance either, because I believe very strongly there is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If the, if the Dow 30, if 20 of the top 30 companies in the nation end up saying we're expecting a recession, well, that more often than not, that happens, because when you expect it, it tends to happen. There's an old Zig Ziglar element of that that works both ways. No, you're absolutely right. You know, you can you can kind of forecast it and it happens because of the forecast, uh, because what happens if companies see that they're going to be, you know, not meeting expectations, they start pulling back too. they quit spending as much money. Um, they stay they, they prepare for it. And, and that could then, in fact, hurt the economy. And then it, it becomes this cycle. Exactly. Preparing for a recession sometimes causes a recession. So. For all the fat cat CEOs that listen to us every morning, people, would you please make note? <laughs> Keep spending money, right? That's it. Burn that plastic. Resetting the table mixed bag on Wall Street on Friday. The blue chips on the Dow were up, but everything else was off. 45 minutes before we throw some real money around this morning at 930, Philip. Are there any bright spots in the reports this morning? Dave, I wish I could find something for you on the index, but it's just not there this morning. It's got a lot of red ink. We've got the Dow 30 down four-tenths of a percent. The uh, S&P 500 is down almost seven-tenths of a percent. And get this, the NASDAQ 100 down one, a little over 1.1%. So, um, and we got the VIX heading up. You know, that's the volatility index for the S&P 500, up a little over 2.5%. We look at the uh, commodity side of the coin. We got silver up 2.8, almost 2.9%, well over $25 an ounce. Gold's up over 1% to $1,966 an ounce, and crude oil is heading down substantially, uh, down 4.3% this morning to $93.97 a barrel. Wow, I noticed that even the high-priced Brent stuff over in the UK is down under 100 That's good news. Yeah, it is. Oh. It, was, it is down below that. Absolutely. Overseas, the Asian rim markets were profoundly unhappy. Hong Kong and mainland Chinese indexes after that, uh, after that inflation report off by two and a half and three percent of the close this morning. Europe is kind of a mixed bag. France is up after their elections came through without incident yesterday. Uh, England and Germany both off fractionally this morning, halfway through their closing day. Like we said, it's a quiet start, but we got earnings season beginning, and all kinds of weird things can happen short term during that time. If you got a retirement fund you're watching, you ought to insulate it from some of the wild swings we're going to see over the next few months. How do I find you to make sure I've got a stable fund? You're absolutely right, Dave. Now is the time to make sure you don't have too much risk. And folks, there, there can be interest rate risk. There can be uh, volatility risk. There's all kinds of risk out there. It's just measuring whether it lines up with yours. That's why we developed the core retirement design. Give us a call at 863 382 0037 to schedule your core retirement design where we help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning, hopefully with some good news to start out earnings season sometimes this week right here on Light FM. Fair enough? Fair enough, buddy. You have a great day. You too. It's one of the Hey folks, I hope you guys have a great day. Have a great week this week. I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Until then, take care. Bye now.